Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to episode 10 of the avoiding divorce podcast i'm your host steve want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. also want to thank all of those that have taken the time to email us at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com with their comments and questions. Um, maybe you've emailed us just to let us know what you're going through. Appreciate all of that. Appreciate the kind words and uh, Uh, Nice comments about the podcast. It seems that um, those that are listening are finding it helpful, and and that's really what the intent of this podcast is all about. Today's podcast in segment one, we're going to be talking about principles. And should you have principles in your life? Should you have guiding principles? And what those principles maybe should be or, or, you know, how they should apply to the actions that you're taking, especially in relation to your situation uh, in your marriage where your spouse has come to you and said that they want out of the marriage. A lot of left-behind spouses, when they hear the words, I want a divorce, or I don't want to be married anymore, from their spouse, they're willing to let any principles that have guided their life up until that point go out the window. And that's really not a good idea. And we'll get into why it's not a good idea. But just in general, should you be living a principled life? And a lot of people, and not just people that are going through marital difficulties, struggle with that question whether it's pressures from friends, pressures at work, uh, pressures from a spouse, whatever it might be. People ask the question, should I be letting principles guide my life? I'm a firm believer that principles are important, that you should have principles that guide your life, principles that you adhere to. I hearken back to uh, history and the story about George Washington when he cut down the tree and he was asked if he had done it and he said, I cannot tell a lie. That was a principle that he had in his life, that he would always be honest, even if that meant telling on himself or getting in trouble. And so I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to think about the guiding principles in your life. What are those things that you just morally or ethically can or cannot do and make sure that you continue to adhere to those principles 
even in the face of the marital problems that you're going through with a spouse that's trying to walk away from the marriage. It's really important that through this difficult time you look back at your principles, what you're willing to do or not do, and stick to those. Maybe your spouse has become somebody you don't recognize. We hear that a lot in these situations. I don't recognize my spouse. They're not the Christian that they used to be. They're not the uh, moral person they used to be. They're not the honest person that they used to be. And sometimes, in an effort to try to save the marriage, you might be tempted to give in on your principles as well. Sometimes the walkaway spouse will come to the left-behind spouse with some pretty harebrained ideas. One of the ones that we hear most often is a walkaway spouse that has floated the idea of having an open marriage with their left-behind spouse. In other words, we can stay married, but we should be able to see and sleep with other people. Now, more than likely, if you proposed to your spouse and had a wedding and got married and signed a, a, a marriage license, took vows between before uh, God and family and other witnesses, more than likely you're not you weren't wanting to share your spouse with anybody else. The idea of an open marriage, I think, is, is, is completely repulsive. Why even be married if you can see other people? And more than likely, you feel the same way. But in an effort to save your marriage, you might be tempted to give in to offers or suggestions like that from your walkaway spouse. So whenever your walkaway spouse comes to you with a crazy idea like an open marriage or being able to sleep with other people, hall passes or whatever whatever they want to call it, you really should fall back on your guiding principles. Do you want to share your spouse with other men and women? And the question or the answer to that question probably is no and you should adhere to that. And we also sometimes are tempted to give in to other suggestions or are willing to compromise our principles in other ways. For instance, if you and your spouse have always been religious and your walkaway spouse is giving up their religion, usually in an effort to try to ease their own conscience about what they're doing to the marriage, you might be tempted to give up religion as well as a sacrifice to your walkaway spouse. Really not a good idea to do for a lot of reasons. Um, but more than anything, you need to be looking back at the principles that guide your life and say, is this consistent with the person that I have always been and have always wanted to be? Now, 
we talked a little bit about the fact that it's not a good idea to compromise your principles in an effort to save your marriage. And I'd like to go through what some of those reasons are, why, why it's a bad idea to compromise your principles. And the first one is, is because guiding principles are usually pretty fundamental to people. They're pretty profound and, and they're not something that you landed on overnight. More than likely, that principle was formed over years and years of life experience. Obviously, your upbringing probably has a, a played a big part in those principles. But that doesn't mean that they're not valuable and, and, that, and that they're not something that should be adhered to. For instance, if you grew up in a home where one or both parents weren't very honest, you might have formed a principle that when you became an adult, you were going to be an honest person. You were always going to strive to tell the truth. And so those principles are really important to you because they form who you are. When you're willing to compromise those principles, oftentimes what happens is you end up in a situation that you're not comfortable with. For instance, in the example of a walkaway spouse that has come to you and said, I want a divorce, and then has come back later and said, well, we can remain married, but I want to have an open marriage. If, you're, if your principles don't allow you to participate in an open marriage and you do it anyway, you're probably not going to be happy in that situation for very long. After the initial relief of saving your marriage wears off and you see your spouse going on dates, staying out overnight with other people, you're probably not going to be very happy with that if that went against your guiding principles to begin with. So one of the big reasons is, is you can end up in a situation that makes you uncomfortable or that is not something that you're willing to accept. Another reason that it's not a good idea to give in to your principles is goes back to a very basic concept in avoiding divorce that we've talked about multiple times, and that's becoming the best version of yourself. Giving up on your principles is not being the best version of yourself. And this also plays into commanding respect. How much respect is your spouse going to have for you if in order to save the marriage you're willing to give up your guiding principles? Probably not very much. So to be the best version of yourself and to command respect, you really have to adhere to your principles through these difficult times, no matter how tempting it might be to put those principles aside. And another reason that giving up on your guiding principles is not a good idea is because there's still a high likelihood that you won't save your marriage. If you think about what happens to you after your spouse leaves you and the life that you want to live after that, could you really live with yourself for giving up your guiding principles 
and then not being able to save your marriage and, and having to live with the consequences of the fact that you compromise your principles for a person that's not even in your life any longer. Somebody who may have put aside their principles to agree to an open marriage and then later on after their spouse has moved on and they're starting to uh, dip their toe back into the into into dating other people and then have to try to explain to these new people that are coming into their life why they were willing to set aside their principles and agree to something as crazy and out there as an open marriage can be difficult. A new person in your life might not be able to understand that you have strong principles if you were so ready to lay those principles aside for something as big as allowing your spouse to date and sleep with other people. So trying to explain why you put your principles aside later for somebody who's not even in your life can become a difficult proposition. And then there's the guilt that goes along with all of that. Guiding principles are guiding principles for a reason, because there's something that's important to us in our lives. And when we're willing to lay those principles down, that doesn't sit well with us. And then we have to live with that decision for the rest of our lives. So I encourage you to always revert back to your guiding principles. Don't, for convenience sake or for trying to avoid difficulty in your life, be willing to give up on those principles. Always adhere to them. Make them the, the center of your life. Make them what guides your actions in your life. And then you can avoid all of these pitfalls that go along with it. And finally, it's really the best thing to do in trying to avoid divorce. It adheres, adhering to your core principles and your guiding principles is really the best way to focus on yourself, to recapture that person you were before you knew your spouse, to become the best version of yourself through self-improvements, and then also to uh, be happy by yourself. Having core principles and letting them guide the actions and guide your life is essential to all three of those key tenets to avoiding divorce. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back in segment two, we'll look at another subject. And I hope that you'll stick around through the break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to segment two of episode 10 of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Steve. We're going to get into another subject now. And this subject is one that comes up fairly frequently when there is a affair involved in the marital problems that you're facing. 
your spouse has come to you and said that they want a divorce, and then you find out later that there's somebody else that they're seeing or talking to or maybe even being physical with. And that's what is really driving them to want out of the marriage because they, they, they want to start a new relationship with this new person. And the question that often comes up by left-behind spouses is, should I confront the affair partner? I know that most of the time when we suspect that our a spouse is involved in an affair, we are tempted to start snooping on them and spying on them and trying to find out as much information as we can. I'm not completely opposed to snooping and spying if it is necessary for you to confirm that there is either an emotional affair or physical affair going on in your situation. Um, there's a difference between you know, doing recon or, or investigating um, versus snooping or spying. And we'll probably get into though, you know, what really constitutes snooping and spying on your spouse in a future episode of this podcast. But for purposes of this discussion, is you've you've already done that research, you found out who the affair partner is, and now you're being you you have a temptation to confront them, to reach out to them. Sometimes left-behind spouses are tempted to do this because they want to make sure that the affair partner is aware that their spouse is a married person and that they're married to you. Most of the cases, the affair partner already knows that. But sometimes in our situations, we, we want to make sure that they know that. As if somehow magically... We can stop the affair by letting them know that this person is taken and, and not available. Um, it's such a big temptation that usually once a left-behind spouse is aware of an affair, knows who the affair is with, they usually want to know if it's a good idea to confront that affair partner. And my advice to you is not to confront the affair partner. And there's several reasons for that. One of the reasons is because you're not adhering to good, sound, avoiding divorce principles by doing that. Remember, when your spouse comes to you and says, I want a divorce... Rather than doing what comes instinctually, you should be taking the focus off of your spouse. You should be going out and recapturing that person you were when you met your spouse. You should be working on yourself and self-improving and becoming the best version of yourself that you can be. And you should be learning how to be happy by yourself internally or being detached and confronting an affair partner doesn't adhere to any of those three principles. 
And it certainly is not taking the focus off of your spouse. So just adhering to good avoiding divorce principles dictate that you should not confront the affair partner. The other reason you shouldn't, or another reason you shouldn't confront the affair partner is it's rarely going to go the way that you hope it will. One of the things that is very difficult to do in these situations is to have no expectations. This is one of the reasons why the advice is not to engage in relationship talks. Because left-behind spouses are so convinced that through talking they can fix things that they have the expectation that this time, this relationship discussion is going to go well. So that, that expectation that you can gain something through relationship talks is one of the reasons you shouldn't engage in relationship talks because more than likely it's not going to go the way that you want it to or the way that you hope or the way that you expect. And the same is true with confronting an affair partner. It's rarely going to live up to your expectations or hopes for how it's going to go. Most left-behind spouses, as I said a few minutes ago, are hoping that by confronting the affair partner, the affair partner will have an awakening and say, oh, this is so-and-so's wife or so-and-so's husband, I'm going to leave them alone. In reality, it rarely goes that way. More than likely, they already knew that your spouse was married to you and they were willing to engage in an affair with your spouse anyway. Furthermore, most affair partners aren't in it for, you know, unattached uh, sex or, you know, if, it's, if you catch it while it's still an emotional affair and hasn't moved to physical, they're probably not in it for the emotional aspects of it forever, that they're hoping at some point that it's going to move to a physical affair. And so confronting them and hoping that that will end the affair or having that expectation is probably not going to happen. And if anything, it, it'll embolden the affair partner to fight that much harder to win your spouse away from you. People are competitive. People like a challenge. And so confronting an affair partner is probably going to challenge them. And it's probably going to embolden them. And it's probably going to cause them to dig in even deeper and try to win your spouse away from you. So because of this, because it rarely goes the way that you expect it to go, the best thing to do is to not confront the affair partner. And the other re reason that's very similar to that, to that reason is because more than likely it's not going to go over well with your walkaway spouse either. Now, there's probably a temptation by some of you to say, well, so what? Your spouse is lying, they're cheating, they're walking away. Who cares what they think and, and how they feel about it? And I, 
I can understand that. I can even relate to that. But part of the problem is that you're on a podcast called Avoiding Divorce. So you want to take actions that are less likely to result in your walkaway spouse going through with divorce and leaving you. Now, I've gone on record on this podcast as saying that I think it's an appropriate deal breaker for anybody to have to not accept cheating on the part of their spouse. I think that physical affairs are the one deal breaker that is unequivocal for ending a marriage because your spouse has cheated on you. I don't think anybody could ever blame somebody for ending their marriage due to infidelity. And I say that that's the one, and obviously um, abusive situations are also untenable, and spouses should not remain in marriages where they're being abused. Uh, but I, but aside from that, infidelity is the one excuse that I think is justifiable for ending a marriage. So if your attitude is, well, so what? What? So what? I don't care how they feel about it. Then why are you trying to save the marriage anyway? More than likely, even if they're engaged in an affair and you're listening to this podcast, you're hoping to save your marriage. And so you should be engaging in actions that are more likely to avoid the divorce than to engage in actions that are more likely to drive your walkaway spouse further away. Confronting their affair partner is probably not going to go over well with them. And we've already looked at reasons why it's not a good idea from the affair partner standpoint, but it's also not a good idea from your cheating spouse's standpoint either, because they're not probably not going to react to it the way that you would hope they would react to it anyway. So you should really think twice about taking that action. It doesn't adhere to sound avoiding divorce principles. It's probably not going to go the way that you hope it would go. And your walkaway spouse is probably not going to react in a positive way towards you confronting the affair partner. Now we've only got a few minutes left in this segment and I've given you three core reasons why you shouldn't confront the affair partner if there's an affair in your situation. But let me give you one more that's a little more dire. And you might not think there's much possibility for this in your situation, but the chances of your situation ending violently, if there's an affair involved in your situation, is much higher if you choose to confront your spouse's affair partner. You don't know this person. 
more than likely, maybe you do, but in most situations, you don't know this person, you don't know what they're capable of. And so confronting them can go very, very wrong if they're the wrong type of person. More than likely, you know your spouse. But remember, your spouse is also going through something that sometimes is referred to as a midlife crisis. I, I like to look at those more as midlife changes because rarely does a person come back from a midlife crisis the same person. So while you knew what your spouse was capable of before all of this happened, you might not know them as well as you think you do now that they're going through this change. After all, more than likely, you would never have thought that they would were willing to cheat on you to begin with. And here they are. So I really caution you to try to diffuse the situation as much as possible. And the way that you diffuse that situation is by not confronting the affair partner. There's almost no chance of it going, uh, turning violent if you don't confront the affair partner. But there is some chance of it turning violent if you do confront the affair partner. So if you have a sense of self-preservation, I, I would urge you to take the calmer, rational, less dangerous approach of not confronting your affair partner. After all, problem's not with them. More than likely, if your spouse was willing to cheat with this person, even if this person was gone or never was never around, they would have been willing to cheat with somebody else. So the affair partner is really not the problem in this situation. It's your walkaway spouse. And so confronting the affair partner is really not a good idea on many, many different levels. Now we've just touched or scratch the surface of this subject. If you have any comments or questions related to the subject, please email us at avoid, avoidingdivorce.com. Or if you have any questions or concerns about any of the subjects that we've touched on today or in past podcast episodes, feel free to reach out to us at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. I'm your host, Steve, of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. Thank you for listening today. And as always, do whatever you can to avoid divorce. Thank you.